Welcome to No Instructions number 11. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And we don't have a topic. Nope. Kind of. Not really. We are doing bag number five. Of the Lego Voltron. We're still on the Blue Lion. Yep. Blue Lion is the other leg? You know, I you could ask me and I wouldn't know which one was which. It's the other leg. I can look on a box mm. and pretend like my fandom just won me an award. It's, it's but totally, totally the leg. The original series. <laughs> nope. This Look bag has little rubber wheels in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The last one had a single rubber wheel. It did? That was not an easy sentence to say without getting <laughs> tripped up. Wait, I just, I did that one. What did it have as a wheel? It was on the bottom. It was on, it's this belly button. Oh, oh, I see. The last lion. I was yeah. thinking you meant the last bag. Oh, no, not the last I bag. The, last, the previous lion. My bad. Um... Kids above us again. Sorry, that's that's life. Actually, they're they're coming downstairs. We're gonna have, we're gonna so have visitors. We're gonna have visitors here in just a second. Our first guests. <laughs> it's about time we need to step up our game with this podcast. That's right. Well, I guess they disappeared. Okay, so no guests. Um, yeah, we went to the Louisville Maker Fair yesterday, mm -hmm. and you were there for a very short amount of time. Yeah. Because we had a meetup that evening, and my plan was to bring my oldest son. We were going to go to, like, the tail end of the Maker Fair, because it's not all that big. Mm -hmm. Go to the tail end of the Maker Fair, and then go to the meetup afterward. So I didn't want to be out, like, for hours and hours. Oh, right. But I, I guess the timing, or the communication for the timing of the fair was a little off, because we didn't know what time it ended. We thought it was over 7 or yeah. so. Yeah. So we got there at 4. And as we got there, people were driving away and like things were being packed up. Yeah. I think it changed over time and like not everybody got updated because I saw five at one point and then I saw seven. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's, they're extending it. it. Must be you know, like good attendance or something. Yeah. But yeah, by the time you got there, there was uh, barely anything. Open. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot at the fair anyway before that, but yeah. quite a few of them had packed up. Yeah. So that was a bummer. The DK had fun. The, the Maker Mobile from a makerspace called Maker 13 that I'm affiliated with, uh, they were there and they had they had made the uh, the air powered mm -hmm. rocket thing that we made in the video. Yeah. And so they got to at least he got to make a rocket, which he was pretty stoked about that it didn't blow up like some of the other people, <laughs> like my kids. <laughs> well, at least Flynn's blew up in like a spectacular fashion. Yeah, just a giant side blowout. And that was totally my fault because I was the one that pumped it up. <laughs> Put too much pressure in there and it blew out. But that's okay. Yeah, and then he didn't feel like staying for the meetup. So your wife was gracious enough to take him home with all your kids. And then you and I and Jimmy Duresta, who was there also, mm -hmm. went across the river to the makerspace, Maker 13, who also runs that mobile maker thing. Uh, we had a meetup last night. So how'd you like that? It was good. It was cool. It wasn't. It wasn't huge, which was nice because it was nice and relaxing. And I don't know. What do you, what do you think? There were like twenty five people, maybe. I don't know. 20? I was. I was getting a tour of the space. I didn't. I talked to maybe five people the entire night, and yeah. a majority of them were staff at the makerspace. I didn't talk to tons of people. I think most people were there to see Jimmy. Um, and so you know, I talked to a handful of people. Had a few different conversations in groups, but I definitely didn't talk to everybody who was there because. I don't know why, because, but I didn't. <clears throat> Jimmy but has a massive following in this area because all the, the bourbon-related stuff mm -hmm. that he does. So he knows people 
uh, from sponsorship deals and things. So he has people that he just knows in the area. So yeah. he had a nice little crowd around him most of the evening. Well, and he has a different kind of draw than most people. Like, this is going to sound bad, and I don't mean it to, because I love Jimmy. And it has nothing to do with him. But there's a certain, like, uh, what's the word? There's, like, a different intensity that some people like Jimmy with. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. than other people. You've never been referred to or uh, as a godfather <laughs> right. you know, of a thing. Not just <laughs> Which because... Which is fine by me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not at all interested in yeah, that. Yeah, not just because he was, you know, a front runner in, in the community, but, like, he has that type of... He has a... Yeah. mob-like following where people right. are very yeah. dedicated which is to, good good yeah. for him I don't mean that in a negative way but the people that will come out to see him are there very in- intensely to see him which is cool but it was good to see him for a few minutes and hang out and went to go have dinner that was fun yeah cool little chicken place that place was good it was I enjoyed it I liked it totally unhealthy fried chicken but it was hot fried chicken too so it was like dipped yeah. in hot sauce mm. I wish I'd gone up a level I went mild because I got it. usually can't handle spicy mm-hmm. stuff but i liked the spice that was on it so like one step up yep. would have been good i concur i went hot and i could have gone a little hotter oh really yeah oh do you like hot stuff chicken i like so there's certain things that i like spicy huh. and fried chicken with hot sauce love it pizza with hot sauce absolutely love it pizza with hot sauce hands down huh when we were at matter hackers last week they had a bunch of pizza from costco and they had this like industrial half quart size bottle of Cholula and they spoke right to my heart huh yep. interesting it doesn't sound bad I just wouldn't have thought of doing that well because most of the pizza that I've had I mean good pizza is good pizza but yeah. a majority of the time you have regular pizza like if it's at an event or if it's free yeah right right so I think some hot sauce bumps up regular pizza middle to, of the road pizza yeah it's more than adequate okay so here's a, here's a little micro topic um Chicago or or New York style pizza? I think you have to be in the mood for one or the other. Really? Yes. Um, Chicago pizza, I've had a couple times. Uh, one time I had it in Chicago. And it's, man, it's like Thanksgiving dinner. It is. That's like, you better like get it. ready. <laughs> you better wear your stretchy pants. <laughs> to wear a New York pizza, like, it's a massive piece. But it could be a meal in itself. Like, one piece could be a meal in itself. And the same goes for Chicago, but... One seems like a walking around food, and the other seems like I need a boost for a little while kind of food. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's what you're in the mood for at that particular moment. Hmm. You don't have a preference? Mm. No. Hmm. Not really. I mean, you can't put hot sauce on Chicago pizza. You could. It seems... I wouldn't, and I don't know why. Huh. But Interesting. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> There's already so much going on. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. It's like if you were going to put whipped cream on pie, but you wouldn't put whipped cream on cake. Huh. That parallels in my mind for some reason, and I'm not sure why. That doesn't even make any sense, but I kind of also agree with you. Right? It's on the cusp of making any kind of sense. Is it because of the icing? Because icing is kind of close in... Yeah, like it's unnecessary. You don't need that there. Huh. Weird. But now we have to test this. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I'm just going to walk into a Chicago place with a giant bottle of hot sauce. But 
I'm ready. I will eat Chicago style pizza anytime you want. So you let me know. I love thick crust pizza. Like pan pizza is some of my favorite pizza. New York's, I don't know. I mean, I, everybody likes what they like, and so everybody can disagree with me, but it's just every piece of that's claimed to be New York style pizza that I've ever had feels like somebody dropped some pizza toppings on wet paper. <laughs> and that's like, nah, you know, no thanks. Icky? No, it's just like floppy. Like it doesn't taste bad, but yeah. it's just like. Yeah, you got you to gotta fold it in half to yeah, eat it properly. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'd rather have sandwich pizza, <laughs> which is like. See, but that's like hand, like New York, you got to eat it with a hand in Chicago. Like you should eat it with cutlery. Well, yeah, nothing wrong with that, though. Which makes it pie. <laughs> well, they call it pie. Like meat pie. Like a shepherd's pie, but mm. in Italy. So whatever Italian word for shepherd is. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever that is. Shep butter. Yeah, I don't know. I would always go for thicker pan style. And I've been to Chicago for work several times, both with I like to make stuff and before. Like, I don't know how we ended up in Chicago a lot, but um, there's a place called... Uh, Giordano's? 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 I think is right. I'm sure you're getting close. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the neighborhood. And it's like a chain restaurant. I mean, it's not it's not a specialty, uh, you know, like a local place or mm-hmm. anything. It's a chain there. And so Chicago people may disagree with me. I don't know. But for me, that's what I think of as Chicago pizza because it's like a good inch and a half thick. Yeah. Just all meat, all red sauce. Like, it's just so good. Steph had pizza in in Italy, like in Naples, and it was good. I mean, it's food in Europe is a little different than food in the States. Mm-hmm. And so it was an in-between. It's, it's a little thinner crust because usually they're made in like a brick oven, which cooks faster. Right. So I think that's, I like that style of pizza. Hmm. Really light, kind of airy. I don't want to feel like I've got a brick. I think I would like that if it's crispy. And usually it is because okay. it's so hot. It'll right. crisp up the bottom. And it's not like a floppy piece of newspaper with That's meat and cheese on the top. Yeah. So it has a little a little crispness on the bottom. It's still kind of thin. I thought you said Christmas. Christmas. Crisp- crispness. <laughs> and the, they had a pizza place near our house in Belgium that Tiff and I used to go to all the time. And you could get... Um, I think if you got a pizza, it was... 12 or 14 inch I guess you just kind of got what you got and we could eat the whole pizza like each one of us like she used to make the comment because she's like I can eat this whole thing and not feel gross to where I could eat three Uh, pizzas three pieces of like Papa John's yeah and just feel disgusting hmm it was just I don't know it was different yeah so I like my pizza a little thinner I don't like American style like thin crust because it's 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 crispy and then it gets super chewy yeah and eh I like that but also say I will eat some pizza and I'm probably going to put some hot sauce on it. <laughs> I'll have to try that. It's delightful. What does it does that work with all pizza toppings? Do you uh, like it because it's hot or is it the combination of hot and specific topping? Hmm. I don't think that there is a topping that I would not eat it with. Hmm. I don't know if I answered that question properly at all or Well, if like yeah, does the hot sauce work better with meat? stuff or with like if you had a veggie pizza and you put hot sauce on it would that work make it better really mm-hmm. 
I guess it's all about if you like hot sauce. True. Then in specific types of hot sauce. Like okay. with Tijuana Flats. Tijuana Flats had a, Ooh. a hot sauce bar. And for people who don't know what Tijuana Flats is, I like miss, I'm, I'm sorry. Tijuana Flats. It's a southern, you know, Florida, Georgia-ish kind of place that started in Orlando. So when I was at UCF, they had the very first one that was down the street from the campus. We used to go there, eat a bunch of tacos and a mega Juana burrito. It's good. It's just American Mexican food. Oh, yeah. But it's just good. It feels really like uh, like fresh. I don't mm-hmm. know if it actually is if more fresh than anything else, but... It has the appearance of fresh. Yeah. They, their ingredients listed sound fresh. It's the first place I've had um, fresh jalapenos. Hmm. And they asked me if I wanted jalapenos. I'm like, I sure do. And then I crunched into one. And ooh boy, oh, I was yeah. not ready for that. Yeah. I've eaten a lot of spicy food, even though I'm not a diehard spicy food consumer like i've done a wing challenge and i hated it but i did it just because of peer pressure huh yeah at a place called is it like a wing stop or quick stop it was like a yeah, wing stop is a place but i don't know if it was the same one it might be a chain <clears throat> they had the carolina reaper and ghost pepper whatever sauce and it came in this little egg crate and you had to wear gloves and i just signed a waiver and i take my what? ring off oh yeah it was terrible i got a bumper sticker Totally the atomic it. wing challenge. Me and another guy did it, and just your face goes numb, and you start leaking from all your See, orifices. That's like, why would you do that? That doesn't it's make peer any pressure. sense. That's all it is, straight up. That I was in the army, and a bunch of people did it, and you're like, "Hey, yeah, I'm gonna do it because I'm super tough, doing yeah. stupid stuff for no reason." Hmm. That was the only justification that I had was that there were people egging me on, and it seemed like a benign enough thing to give into peer pressure to do. I mean, there were definitely way stupider, more harmful things that I could have chosen to do. And <laughs> eating true. some hot wings. Was, if that's where I have to earn my credit, then yeah. let's do it. I, I'm really happy with myself that I would just happily in that situation be like, man, forget this. Like, oh, yeah, I don't have to prove anything to any of you people. Hindsight, yes, that is a much smarter move. But I, gotta, I just wouldn't handle that well. I don't, I don't do great with hot stuff. What's happening here? So uh, this week, in a couple of days, we're headed to New York. New York for City. For another Maker Fair. Yep. It's You've not season. been to New York Maker Fair, right? I've not. Okay. I was pretty sure about that. Nope. I haven't. What are you expecting? What are you hoping for? What are your hopes and dreams? <laughs> um, people talk about the difference between the Bay Area and the New York being that Bay Area is way more artistic and the bigger Burning Man type like robotic things and I don't know like I expect I have no expectations because you can't really go into a Maker Faire with expectations yeah because your mind is going to be blown by what people are making or what they're doing or how they're doing it or little kids making robots and things like it's just you're constantly being wowed. And so I think I'm looking forward to New York City. Hmm. Like there being a Maker Fair that is also in New York City. And it's a part of New York that I've never been to. So it's in Queens. Yeah. And I've only been to Manhattan. So, and there's a bunch of cool people. I mean, a bunch of people that we know that we get to hang out with. And this is the the super fun time where all the internet friends get yeah. together and yeah. get to hang out in real life. It's, that's one of my favorite things about Maker Fair. And it's happening more than, you know, two years ago. Like, a couple of years ago, when I first really started going to them on a regular basis, it was like I would see a few people. 
that I knew from the internet. And now it's like everybody knows to go because that's where everybody gets to hang out. Mm-hmm. So you get to see a lot of people almost to a fault. Like it's, it's diffi- difficult. It's, it's difficult to get to see everybody. Like I've talked to a few people already and said like, Hey, we should, we should totally try to steal away and like yep. have a meal yeah. together without everybody else. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not going to eat like 10 meals while I'm there. Yep. You know? So I think I've done the same thing with different people. Oh yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we are overbooked. Yep. So we're going to have to, uh, I haven't booked anything for you. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I don't book things for you. You're a grown up. You can make your own friends, <laughs> but yeah. Trying to like, Oh, we should totally go like have a meal. And then I think back to all the other times or all the other like conventions or shows or whatever that have this same atmosphere mm-hmm. and how difficult it is. Yeah. Because like when you or when Jimmy or when somebody else, like there's, there's news of you guys going to go get food somewhere. So then the, the horde comes mm. and usually end up at a restaurant and like, do you have room for 40? <laughs> and we all need separate checks, please. Yeah. And so like <laughs> that is just painful. Yeah. And I'm not one for big groups. Yeah. And I kind of get the feeling you are too, which is funny. Yeah. Because the big group follows you around. Yeah. It's not a, not a thing I super enjoy. I enjoy the people. I just don't enjoy like, but like, so at uh, Bay Area, after it was all over this last year, we all tried to go to, um, where was that? Red Robin? Oh, that experience was terrible. So we tried, it wasn't that bad, but we tried to go to a restaurant and we're standing out in front where there were a couple of restaurants there. One place couldn't get us in. And everybody's like standing around, like, what do we do now? And I'm like, good grief. I have to parent these 40 adults here. <laughs> and I just walked into Red Robin. I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to Red Robin. Everybody come on. Yep. And it That's... worked. But I don't really like that so much. Where uh, are we going? But you got to call so-and-so and tell them we're not going there anymore. And it yeah. just becomes just a big thing. Yeah, it's keeping and track it's, of people, you know. Yeah, it's it's nice because everybody's friends and you want to make sure that you hang out with all the people. And But you end up talking to, like, the three people that are around you. Right, yeah. So, there's not a lot of benefit to yeah. being a gigantic group at that point. But I'm looking forward to, I don't know, I'm not a foodie. I would like to be a foodie. Really? Yeah. I really like food as an art and that people can make awesome stuff out of basic ingredients and stuff. So New York City to me is like what Paris was hmm. like, it's just this epicenter of really awesome kind of culinary treats that you see about on TV shows that we don't have in our small town. <laughs> so part of me is like anybody who lives in New York, like where should I go eat? That is not a mm. red Robin or like the Sabaro in times square. And so it's those little lost gems that there's no garden, right? Ooh, yeah. So many breadsticks, but those are things I'm looking forward to. So not just like food, but getting out and going to experience a place that I've never been with people that have actually lived there before. Yeah. You so, have been to New York though. I've been to New York one time with my wife where we just touristed up the place. So what all did you see while you were there? Manhattan. We just walked all around Manhattan. Meandered about. Went to some famousy type places. Um famousy type? Yeah, yeah, we went to Rockefeller Center. We took a the ferry ride out to um Statue of Liberty. Hmm. Yeah, See, I've went, never done that. Stuff. Went to the the High Line. About the High Line. Mm, name sounds familiar. Yeah, but I don't know Matt Reganini told me about it because his wife was from uh, New York, and it's an old, like, elevated subway rail that's been decommissioned for a long time, so they make it into a green space. And so there's a lot of trees and a lot of like bushes and stuff, and there's some like artsy shops. And we went around, hung out there in like the meatpacking district. There's a cool place to get a bunch of food. Um, hmm. 
But we did a thing where we would tell each other random wrong facts about <laughs> each place that we went. So that made it kind of fun and special. But who could come up with the stupidest, completely wrong piece of information about, you know, whatever, wherever we were. So it'd be nice to actually go to a place with people who have lived there before or know what they're talking about to get some context instead mm. of making up stupid false facts. Maybe you may find that that was more fun. True. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow, this isn't really that interesting. We, I've been to New York several times, but I've never actually done any of the touristy stuff. Never been to the Statue of Liberty. I went to Central Park one time. Mm-hmm. Like we walked where Strawberry Fields is. We walked in that little area and then by... Uh, where John Lennon was shot, which is right outside that. And that was, I think about it, but we've always been there for a specific reason or to see a friend or something. So it's not like we don't typically just wander, you know, I, when going to a new city, I love wandering. It's been like out of everywhere that we've lived, especially in Europe, like you mentioned earlier before about the parades, like stumbling upon a parade randomly, Mm -hmm. like how that makes you feel. Um, when we randomly stumble across things, like those are the magic moments. Yeah. Like some of my favorite experiences have been just accidentally finding something. Yeah. And that's what we did when we were in New York. Like we kind of, we've heard of places, I've seen places in movies, like, I don't know, let's just kind of go that way. Mm-hmm. And we had a great time. I've done that uh, in San Francisco. One of the first times I was there, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but I just started wandering around. Mm-hmm. And I had a I had like an afternoon, free afternoon. So I wandered into uh, Chinatown. Yep. And it was super cool. A lot of other people that I've talked to really don't like going into Chinatown in San Francisco. I loved it. it we liked so it. so cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking around and just like looking at stuff. I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know how far I should be going or any of the stuff. And I go around this corner and there's a Banksy painting. Oh, yeah? And I was like, hey. That's awesome. Like I've never seen that before, but I know who that is. And then I went and there was a little plaque on the wall, like a little piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And they had the painting and this piece of paper covered up with plastic, like uh, plexiglass. Hmm. So the the owners of the building had preserved this thing. And it's a picture of a doctor with like standing there with a stethoscope. And he's, I can't remember what the stethoscope's on. But anyway, there's a big like peace sign and a plus sign and a heart. And then he's standing next to it. It's a really cool picture, but it was nice to stumble across that. And out there, at least, there's tons of graffiti, and that's always fun to look at. So I've wandered there. I wandered in New York a little bit, uh, but usually, like I said, it's because we're there for something. So we just kind of go see who we're going to see. But, you know, this weekend, we're probably not going to get to do a lot of that. Nope. Because it's busy. Yep. Busy, busy, busy. Um, and as far as like the, the fair itself being different than Bay Area, it's it's smaller. Still pretty big, but smaller. I think it's got a lot more of a tech focus and an education focus because, well, I don't really know why. I always kind of assume that a place that's so urban like that, there's less, you know, opportunity for building big giant things or being super experimental about like, let's make an installation that's a giant cat that's also a piano, that's also a car, you know, mm. it's like random crazy stuff that's in Bay Area. I always assume that there's just less opportunity and less space for that. 
in a place like New York City. So just because you think space is a premium? Yeah, that's just a guess. I have nothing really to base that on. Um, But there's a lot more digital fabrication, a lot more, you know, focus on coding for kids and tons of 3D printing and stuff like that, which seems like the footprint makes a lot more sense in an urban environment. But I don't know if that's true or that's just my assumption. Or both. I don't know. I always like going by the the booths that have like the middle school or the high school kids and showing off something that they're really proud of. Mm-hmm. Because you know, doing what we do here, like we know, or I, I met when we were in San Francisco, it was like, oh, there's Dan from Glowforge or there's Zach from Inventables and like the presidents of these companies because you happen to talk to them and I happen to happenstance talk to them. And that's neat. But getting to see these kids who are starting in their, their journey of mm-hmm. amazing things, like in where they can become, like it gives me hope for my kids. And it kind of gives us little homeschooly ideas as to where oh, we can yeah. take things. And so there's part of me that uses this as like an, an expo, like a homeschool expo. Hmm. So I'm interested to see that stuff too. Stuff that I can take back to my kids or um, like the Tapagami people, they had like a book, the how-to book. So stuff that we can take back and our kids can play with or learn from or benefit from. Mm-hmm. Besides getting to hang out with the cool people, like I look at it like an educational opportunity for them too, by proxy. I just like to hang out with people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. It's make it for like in general is one of those things that can, can be that it can be a hangout. It can be eye opening for an adult. It can be eye opening for a kid. It can just be like a good fun afternoon. Like it can be a lot of different stuff for a lot of different types of people. And I think that's why it's successful. It doesn't happen, excuse me, as much in the smaller fairs. And that's a shame, but like the Louisville one was kind of evidence of that. Just not enough, not enough like variety of people there to match the variety of attendees. I have, I have extra pieces. And I have different extra pieces. So these two go right here. Oh, I missed that step. And I missed where the two black pieces go. The two black pieces? I have these two black pieces left. Uh, on the sides? I got those. Oh, I don't know. You're lost then. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> You're so helpful. I missed one and I had to go back and figure I it out. I tried to go back and I thought maybe they were extra, but... Now I feel like I have an appropriate amount of extra pieces. Yeah, I have two. Two. You never have two extra pieces of the same one. Mm-mm. So, all right. Well, I got to go back. Yeah. Dang it. So close. Got that one in there. Oh, there they are right there. That's easy. I go right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Boom. In the, in the most difficult place to put in. Sweet. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Oh. All right, cool. So how how are your kids with uh, you leaving again? This is a really busy month for us. Um, They, I think they're all right with it. I unfortunately travel more, you you know, over the year more than I used to, and they've gotten used to it. I think when I'm gone for a week at a time, that's when it starts to get kind of hard for them. Yeah. But um, when I can tell them that, no, it's just a weekend, you know, it's like a short weekend, long weekend, like I'll be back soon. They seem to be better with it. How are your kids handling it? Um, not bad. Cause Deacon asked me, cause I, I forgot to tell him that I was going. And so I told him yesterday when we were going up to Louisville, 
He's like, you're going on another work trip? I'm like, yeah, but it's just the weekend. And it was kind of the same. He was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then the Maker 13 that asked me to be on their board of directors, the place we went this last weekend, they're going to Milwaukee next weekend. So the weekend after we get back from Maker Fair, and they wanted me to go with them. And I kind of had to, unfortunately, kind of draw the line somewhere because mm. it's been a, a super busy month. Yeah. And I mean, I would like to go just because it's, it's neat and it's stuff that I'm interested in, but I don't want to be gone again. Yeah. <laughs> I've got house projects to do. I've got kids to play with. Yep. Well, and there's only so much benefit from, you know, like going on a trip that's going to pay something or give you a certain experience that you need or mm -hmm. make a connection that you need. Like those have value, but a lot of these types of things are useful and interesting, but they're not essential. Like yeah. they're not doing anything. And I, I struggle with that because I want to be a part of all these different things. I want to go to all the Maker Fair. I want to see all my friends and stuff, but not all of them are really that beneficial. It's just. And it's really tiring. And I, I now fully understand, like when you would say in the past that like going on a trip eats into kind of the time here mm -hmm. to where I think that people look from the inside out and think that it's all just one like seamless kind of venture. Yeah. Your I like to make stuff here. We should be just as easily. I like to make stuff in public and other places. And that that is equal to a piece of content or equal to a build in growing the community and all those ancillary things. Yes. But as the bread and butter, like that's time away from oh, yeah. the shop. And, and weekend yeah. may be a little bit different, but it's, we have to, on Friday, we're leaving to go to the airport. So we have to pack up all the cameras. We got to pack up all that stuff, which means we are losing time here in the shop. And then Monday, when we get back, cause we get back late Sunday night, I think ish. Yeah. So Monday it's undoing all of that stuff and then trying to get back into the flow. And, and no weekend, like no relaxing downtime in between two work weeks. Yeah, because these events are action-packed. Yeah. Uh, the the guys at Maker 13 asked about dinner for this meetup. And I'm like, well, I, I went off the assumption that the Louisville Maker Fair was going to be a little bit bigger. Hmm. I was like, well, with people doing talks and people like just being around each other, like you don't eat. You don't drink. Right. So those dinners that are packed with 30 people, like those are 30 like hangry people mm -hmm. because they've been on their feet nonstop the entire day doing yeah. things. And so it's fun because you get to hang out with your friends, but it's, it is a lot. Yeah. It's so, tiring. Yeah. And when you stack that in between two full work weeks, you know, you go back to work and you don't really have, you have fun, but you don't really have downtime. Yeah. So like Monday we'll hop right back into it and kind of be behind. So we're playing catch yeah. up and we're tired. And so, yeah, it's a lot. I mean. It, it's just one of those things we can't, I don't want to overdo. And it's so easy because there's so many events. There's so many different opportunities. Fun. Yeah, they are fun. You make a lot of awesome connections. Yeah. Um, we're not trying to, to come off as like, oh, it just gets in the way. Because that's definitely not the case. Yeah. There's a balance. Yeah. It's, it's balance. a lot. You want to do so, bag six? Heck yeah, I want to do, do bag six. Noises. <clears throat> yeah, it is a lot. And, you know, over the course of a year, well, I guess I'll wait till we're done with this. Over the course. Ah, no. Ah, oh, man. It's right. lost. Um, over the course of a year, you know, those those trips can add up and it can have an effect on the family. And like, I don't know how uh, people who travel a lot for work, especially when they don't have any control over it. It's just like part of the job that they have to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works. There was a guy, uh, uh, some friends of ours that are our age, their parents, this guy's very successful. Uh, 
worked in sales and then moved his way up to where he was at the corporate level of these pretty big companies. The company that he was working for was in, I'm going to say Arizona or something, somewhere out west. And he was expected to be in the office, I think, three weeks, like the weekdays of three weeks out of a month. He lived in Atlanta. Mm. So he would fly uh, every Sunday night, would fly to Arizona. Where I, I'm, The details may be quite a little bit off here, but it's similar to this. He would fly out there, stay for the weekdays, fly back right after work on Friday to be with his wife. His kids were grown out of the house. He has yeah. grandkids. Would fly back to be with his wife for the weekend and then turn around and do the same thing. And then one week a month, he worked from Atlanta. Wow. And I just, like, he was really successful. He's an awesome guy, super like would take care of everybody and like giving and you know like he was doing it for a reason but man like that much travel for a job i just can't even imagine what that would do to like your energy level and your relationships and like he would have to work so hard to keep everything relationally in the right place and then you're working hard at that like do you have enough stamina to work hard at your job too at a distance, you know, like, yeah, man, that just seems like a lot. But so when I was in Belgium, I traveled, um, probably every other week I would be gone for like the week. Hmm. And so we had a super hectic, uh, travel schedule. So I was in the army and you would think like, Oh, you're away from home being deployed or whatever. Like I saw my wife more when I was in like the regular, war fighting army than I was when I worked at NATO in Europe hmm. because we would, everything had to be pre-positioned. Everything took a long time. We were there early. We would have to go scout out places. And usually it was, Oh, the man has to go to um, Italy or to Hungary or to this place in Germany. Like it would take a certain amount of time for us to fly the helicopter. Right. So we were gone a lot. Like I have a hotel routine on lockdown. I can pack a bag with the quickness and <laughs> unpack that bag just as easily. But it was super wearing. Um, Tiff would ask at any given time, like, oh, are you going to be home you know, for this week? Because so-and-so may show up from the States to come hang out with us. And I would go, I have no idea. Hmm. Because on at the drop of a hat, we would have to leave. So there would be world events going on that the, the guy that we worked for would have to be there for. And there were sometimes really stupid things and sometimes really important things. Like, oh, the World Economic Forum in Switzerland, like we have to go to that. And so we would know ahead of time or, um, so-and-so from the general, whatever just got fired or when Libya, the war in Libya kicked off, like, Oh, we have to go down to Italy tomorrow. Hmm. And it takes us two or three days to get down there. And so we would have to leave like the next morning. That's crazy. And a lot of times we couldn't tell people where we we're going because that travel schedule was classified. Oh, right. And so we kind of would, <laughs> but, um, it got really hectic and it was supposed to be like a non-deployable unit and it was a reward for being deployed or doing really good things like, oh, you get to go to this really cool specialized handpicked unit. But it was way more work huh. than just the regular everyday kind of army that I was in. Was that because it was a little more like you got to go right now? It was or? you have to go right now and to do like to move somebody. It's not just, oh, they're going to come to the airfield and we're going to pick them up. We're going to fly in there. I'm going to wave by and then we're going to fly back. Like, it was, no, no, no. You have to go there. You have to talk to the airport handling people. You have to get all of the, um, 
the rituals and the pomp and circumstance stuff out of the way. We have to figure out how we're going to pay for things. They might not speak the same language. Mm. We have to figure out handling fees and hangar fees and like all these other little nuanced stuff that I didn't really have to worry about. And then you have to worry about diplomatic clearance codes or whether I need my um, my regular passport or my official passport. Hmm. And just little silly things. And you have to be there the day before because it's a no-fail, like no-fault kind of environment. Like you can't be late. So rather than being one minute late, we're going to be two days early. Right. So everything took longer. And So in that we situation, what's the, what's the penalty lot. if you're late? Um, sometimes it was obvious because of the, the person that we worked for, like their time is very important. And, um, okay. For one, for instance, the, we called him the boss and he had a nickname. We called him Doug and it was the Supreme Allied commander. So what general Eisenhower was during world war two, it's an American general that runs the military forces in NATO. Like he had a meeting with the King of Denmark and we had to go. But we didn't figure out how to pay for our handling fees at this airport. We went to Dusseldorf, and they tried to charge us like 30,000 euro to land our helicopter at this place that I, they were going to make me put on my, like my personal credit card because they weren't going to take. Get a pretty good limit on that card, huh? Right. I had to call and get it, get it up. But they weren't going to let us leave the airport. They weren't going to give us instructions to leave until we ponied up. We're like, we're going to be late. And this guy is going to miss a meeting with the king. Right. And so it just, it's all face and it looks bad and you don't want to, you know, it's mm. very professional. And so it's a lot of like reputation type stuff. Gotcha. Um, but it's not like they're going to make you ride on the outside of the helicopter back to uh, X no, country well, or anything. You laugh about that. <laughs> okay. Is that we would get left. Like if I was inside, there was one time where I was, I almost got left and we we're in somewhere. I think we we're in Munich and I was inside still paying for things and the boss got back early. And so if I wasn't there, they were leaving without me. Oh, and wow. we had a standing rule. It's like you have your travel card. You have your government kind of credit card. You know where you live. You're a grown-up. Get back home by whatever means to get back home, and then we'll deal with it later. But you are less important than the person that we work for. Uh, yeah, gotcha. So there's always that weird kind of threat, which I thought was always kind of funny. And a part of me kind of wanted to get left behind. So, that, But then again, I was in uniform and like a flight helmet and stuff. So I'd just be stranded in the middle of this destination European location with my stupid uniform and like a flight helmet. But, I mean, that was kind of what we did. And we had to deal with it. And I'm sure that Tiff has her own like personal stories about how that was just frustrating as a wife and as a, a mother. Because Deacon was born there. And that was part of my reason why I left the Army. Is because their priorities were way more important than mine, according to them. And I disagreed. And at any given moment, it was like, no, you, you're not doing what you want to do. You have to do what we tell you to do, even though this is supposed to be like a more relaxed, chill kind of location. And we were, it, it seems, please don't take that, it, that it's whining because I got to go to these amazing locations and have these awesome stories. But it's really trying on your family. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because I was unreliable to the person that I I love most in this world. I couldn't give a straight answer whether I was going to be home for dinner right. or home because, you know, your mom or your dad is coming in town and they want to go on this fun European vacation. I'm like, well, you, you might have to do it without me. Hmm. Or you have a, a, a maternity appointment that I'm going to have to miss. Right. Because someone wants to go to the Netherlands for some dumb reason. And 
So yeah, I get that travel schedule. And I mean, it was fortunate for us. We didn't have to spend it like the, the typical um, like airline jet setter would. Mm-hmm. We had our own kind of mode of transportation. But living out of hotels and... I remember I get really weird. I have a weird ritual at a hotel that um, I have to leave the bathroom light on and I usually keep the TV on to give me a point of reference in the hotel because we would get lost and get so disoriented because one night we'd be in one hotel and we'd go to another country, be in another one. And (laughs) we had a guy that that was new to our organization and he came down and he was like, y'all, I peed in the corner of my room last night. Peed in the corner. And we're like, and I was expecting people like to laugh at him. And this one guy was like, oh, yeah, that happens. Huh. Just like he got lost and couldn't find the bathroom wow. and thought he was in this one place and was trying to walk like through a closet into where he thought was the bathroom from yesterday's hotel. He's like, yeah, dude, I just I peed in the closet. Whoa. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And I would get lost. And I'd wake up and have no idea where I was. And it would freak me out. And so I had to have the TV on to kind of give me. Like a, a single place. I'm like, okay. I can get my bearings based on the TV. And he usually yeah. gave like a nightlight type thing. I'm like, all right, now I know where I am. Because I didn't want to pee in the closet. <laughs> that's Which was, I mean, a real thing. So I don't know if commercial business travelers who are very professional are willing to admit that they've peed in the corner of a hotel <laughs> because they're such, you know, experienced travelers. But it's a thing, I think. I, yeah, I mean, I can imagine it would be. There's also probably a... A different, well, I don't know. Maybe that's not fair. I was going to say maybe there's a different amount of stress for commercial travelers that do that than what where you were, but maybe not. Maybe yeah. they have. The stress was different. It was just like, man, I'm tired of being here. Like, I'm tired of being gone. Yeah. It's neat, but the, the novelty of it all wears off really quickly because you're just like, I'm tired and I have stuff I have to take care of at my house, but I'm not at my house. Hmm. And I spoke French. And uh, we would be random places, and somebody would walk up to me with their cell phone. They go, the uh, the electric guy is at my house. My wife doesn't understand what he's saying. Talk to this guy. Oh, wow. And so I would get, like, a phone thrusted in my face in random places, and I'd have to try to understand what repairman was at some random person's house because they weren't there to take care of it. Huh. Just, so I, I never really thought about that. Like, the language, like, soldiers get deployed all over the places, and obviously they're not going to know the language everywhere. Nope. I, but I guess in European countries, I just kind of assumed that that was an easier thing to get around, but I guess not. Some, some yes. A lot of uh, European countries will speak English, and they'll claim that, like, oh, I'm sorry, I only speak a little bit of English, but I'm going to explain that I don't speak a little bit of English in the king's English <laughs> better than half of your family. Um, but I spoke French, so that was good in France, in Belgium, certain parts of Switzerland— we had some guys that were stationed in Germany for a while, so they could speak German there in uh, Holland. We had one of our flight surgeons could speak Italian. But it, there's a lot of hand gestures, mm. a lot of makeshift sign language that'll kind of get you through. But yeah, you just got to kind of make it up. I took two years of French Where? in high school. Mm. I took f- four and then one in middle school. Mm. And never thought I was going to use it. Did I tell you this story about when I first got into country? I don't know. So like, we got off the plane. And uh, originally when they asked me to go to Belgium, I'm like, well, what language do they speak? They're like, they speak French. I was like, oh, it's go time. 
Madame Lenou is going to be very proud. And so I, I got off the plane and we went into the, to NATO where we were living and I had to go to the bathroom. So we went to this bookstore and I was like, all right, it's time to bust out that French that you know and communicate with the locals. <laughs> and so, pardon, pardon, madame. Où est la salle de bain? Like, where is the bathroom? Like, day one French stuff. And she was like, salle de bain? I'm like, oui, la salle de bain. And she <laughs> walks me over <laughs> to these books to, like, how to renovate your bathroom. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, crap, that's wrong. Salle de bain is the room in your house that has the bathtub in it, not if you just want to go pee. I'm like, oh, pardon, pardon. Oui, la toilette. She's like, oh. I'm like, yep, now we're clicking. Where's the toilet? And so she, she walks me over to this other section of the bookstore, clearly not a bathroom. Hands me Twilight books for the vampires and stuff. I'm like, Twilight, Twilight, no, not Twilight, nope. I'm missing something here. I'm like, I'm running through my head. I'm like, that's right. Où est la toilette? Like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. The the, the restroom, the bathroom, the, 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 not like start pointing at my crotch all crudely. She's like, oh, the, the toilet. You would like to go to the toilet. I'm like, <laughs> yes. yes, yes, please. I'm like, crap, that didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you messed that's, that one up. That's funny. I wouldn't even attempt to try to speak French See, but anywhere. You, but you have to attempt, and I that's what they respect. It would it's, be so bad. No, 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 I mean, because you actually can. I can't speak it. I've never, like, I can understand a little bit of it from memory, but I, I was never good at speaking it. So, I think the perception that Americans have of French people is that they're rude and they're pushy or whatever, but I think that they don't realize that the... The Americans that we would bring over there were extremely rude and pushy and mm-hmm. wouldn't even attempt to acknowledge that they were in another place that was not their hometown mm-hmm. and would get really irritated at the locals for doing things that they've been doing for millennia. And that's when, you know, contention happened. Mm-hmm. You just kind of give people the respect they deserve because it's their country, not mine. Yeah, for real. And, yeah, it was fun. I finished my line. I'm like two steps away. Rawr. That looks really cool. If you're not watching the video, oh, well, his leg fell off. Almost. Um, we do a video of this so you can see what we're building. I don't know that it's that interesting, but we do it. <laughs> so Voltron has we proper have, legs now. Yeah. Oh, these are both of the legs? Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, of course these are both the legs. <laughs> Doy. Yeah, I don't know. And. Ooh, ooh. And the last piece. Your hands are slippery. There we go. All right. We We have yellow line and a blue line. Nice. Cool. Sweet. And we're like 46 minutes in. Perfect. Good good spot to to wrap it up. Um, We need to come up with like a uh, a running. Like the pros and cons is a good running Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. We need some more of those. Okay. I don't know what they would be. I need to think of more movies that you haven't seen. That'd be good, too. I'm glad I at least got one that you hadn't seen. <laughs> Even if oh, I... Oh, you were talking about Caveman. Yep. I saw a clip of Caveman two days ago. In what context did you I, see it was a on Twitter. clip of Caveman? It was a little gif that came up, and it said Caveman under it, and it was a like a T-Rex-looking mm-hmm. thing, like falling off a cliff or something, or like leaning over. Okay. But it looked like a cartoon face on this T-Rex. Like, it was really silly looking. But it said it was from Caveman. I was like, hey, that's that movie. It was it was stop motion claymation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it was right. cartoon, then that was something. No, 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 it wasn't cartoon, oh, okay. but it was goofy. Yeah. Well, they had these fruits that was going to 
make the T-Rex pass out. And so they did like the leave a little breadcrumb and it was like, ooh, piece of candy type thing. Mm -hmm. And the T-Rex ate all the things and I think he passed out. Okay. Maybe he was falling over. Yeah. That was enough of the movie for me to see. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that's the one. Done. Yep. All right, where can people find you? Well, you can check out Instagram at the PI Workshop. And me, well, both of us, at yep. I Like to Make Stuff on all the stuff. And uh, I guess this will be out after we're at Maker Fair. So if you have a time machine and you're not at Maker Fair, time go back machine. in time to this coming weekend and see us at Maker Fair. Does that make sense? A little bit. I think that made sense. And right. mystical. <laughs> Yeah, if you've got the time stone. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.